Hello, thank you for joining me on Humanities Radio. I'm Janet Cunningham with the University of Utah College of Humanities, and today, in honor of National American Indian Heritage Month, I'm speaking with Chris Ingram, Associate Professor of Communication, about a man named Chip Thomas. An African-American doctor, photographer, and public artist, Thomas lives on the Navajo Reservation and does rural street art to showcase the beauty and challenges of the Diné people. So Chip Thomas, also known as Jetsonorama, am I saying that correct? I think so, yes. As he's known kind of in the art world, moved to the Navajo Nation in 1987. Can you tell us a little bit about why he made that decision at that time? Yeah, so so Chip is from uh, Eastern North Carolina, or sorry, Western North Carolina, and uh, was going to med school and had got a, a, a scholarship that would fund him for the remainder of his time there. Uh, but he needed to spend some time, uh, one stipulation of the funding was that he needed to spend time in an area with serious health disparities, uh, particularly with access to healthcare. So he, as a black American, was interested in going to Africa and doing some work there, but they couldn't make that work out. So he ended up going to uh, the Navajo Nation instead. And uh, ever since, he's he's been working there. And he has been an artist. So he's not, he's, he's along with being a physician, he's an artist. And was he already like involved in his artwork by the time he got to the reservation in 1987? He was. So he had been to an art school um, at growing up, uh, like an arts and crafts school and been involved in that community. And, and if you read him sort of self-describe himself, he, says he always thought of himself as sort of a um, an honorary member of the street art scene or in the kind of hip-hop scene in, in New York City, even though he was far away from that, that world. So he had been doing uh, photography and, and creative, creative visual arts for a while, uh, but wasn't going to do that professionally. And so his artwork, so let's just kind of describe his artwork as it is now. He kind of does these black and white photographs and makes them giant and then paste them on to roadside structure structures. So people who are driving by see them. So can you talk a little bit more that about his artwork and why he's using that medium? Yeah. So, so I guess when he moved to the reservation or to, to Navajo nation in, in 1987, he just was fascinated. I mean, it's a different part of the world uh, relative to where he grew up. And uh, he began taking a lot of photos, including photos of the people. And um, over time, he developed a, a relationship with them and thought, well, you know what, this place feels to outsiders very remote and kind of middle of the nowhere-ish. And uh, he wanted to give people who are passing through a chance to see some of, of the community members themselves. So um, he took some of these photographs that he had, had, had taken and began enlarging them. So he started this self-funded project called BIG, was his name for it, in 2009, where he was going to make some of the selected photographs that he'd taken really big and wheat paste them onto, as you mentioned, a sort of abandoned buildings, uh, roadside stalls, uh, water cool water towers, things like that, and uh, they were primarily initially 
uh, pictures of actual uh, Navajo people uh, smiling or posing for the camera or some candid shots as well. Uh, and eventually, uh, they, uh, they evolved to have more social political statements, environmental statements, and so on. Uh, but they're really arresting if you, if you happen to see them in person. Um, the, the photos are, when I've kind of been researching and looking at photos, they are quite intimate and they do represent kind of these major social issues on the, on the reservation. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what issues he's tackling through these images? Yeah. So, so there are a number, one of the things that he did before he started post starting this, this big project that I mentioned in 2009 was he did kind of just more traditional aerosol street art. So like graffiti, basically. For, so for example, there was a, a billboard uh, advertising Pepsi, uh, the soda company. And I think he, it was, I think their logo was maybe the choice of a new generation or something like that at the time. And uh, I think he spray painted out uh, new and, and said diabetic. Uh, he wrote diabetic over or something along those lines, right? So as a doctor calling attention to uh, gaps in knowledge about health and nutrition and the way they're marketing, certain companies are marketing deliberately to an area that's impoverished and vulnerable to, um, to some of those, uh, those issues. So uh, that's health has been one issue that he's continually returned to. Another major one, I say, as a sort of theme of his work is uh, uranium mining, which has been a problem on, on Navajo Nation for a long time. And uh, so he's done some cool installations. He did one in collaboration with an art museum in Flagstaff uh, called Atomic that was about um, the detrimental repercussions of uranium mining and uh, transport of uranium over the reservation um, going back to a long time ago, since at least the 1979 big uranium trailing spill in a church rock, New Mexico. Um, so another theme he did along that line was uh, photograph a bunch of sheep and uh, put them on an exterior of kind of this cinder block building. And then on the interior of the building, have, have images that were all colored in that sort of green, um, you know, radioactive color um, as kind of a meditation room or a calming room, but also a, a space to reflect on the, the hidden dangers of, of uranium. Sheep were particularly salient in this case because uh, a number of sheep just died instantly on account of, of the uranium trailings. And as he's a physician, and we talked about he how he does a lot of health, or um, kind of talks a lot about health through his art, how is he tackling COVID nineteen? Yeah, so that's an interesting one. So um, I haven't seen anything that he's written lately about that, although I, I may be missing some stuff. But I had the opportunity to be down on the on the Navajo Nation a couple weeks ago for our fall break, and wanted to see what what he was up to in terms of. Uh, the new installations and and there were some new new murals uh, that were similar to uh, the t type of work he does right in large photographs we pasted on surfaces uh, but they showed people wearing masks so there was now uh, an acknowledgement that this is 
okay within the culture. So one interesting thing about his work is, um, is that he's known locally as the doctor, right? So, um, and locally we're talking about his, his terrain as a doctor is 120 miles. That's, that's sort of the radius that he works within. But Navajo Nation is 27,500 square miles. So across three states, right? So, um, and he acknowledged, recognized early on that the region that he's located in, which is called the Western Agency of the Navajo Nation, is very heavily trafficked by passers through because, I mean, it's got Monument Valley on one side, it's got the Grand Canyon on another, Lake Powell, Zion, Canyon to Shelley, all these are sort of surrounding uh, this area. So, Get, getting people to pass through, knowing that people will pass through, his work now has an opportunity to benefit the community by getting outsiders to say, hey, this isn't just a place in the middle of nowhere. This isn't just a place that's pretty. Uh, there are people that live here and these people have some serious um, disadvantages. So like he says, 20% of his patients don't have water or electricity. Their unemployment on the reservation is over 50%. Uh, teen suicide is two times national average. So I think these are some of the issues that he's trying to call attention to, uh, to the outside. But at the same time, he's been very explicit about this work is important for the community itself uh, because it helps them see themselves as people that um, know one another. You know, oh, I know that there's a new one over there. That's my friend. And, you know, and, and, and uh, it seems to offer some uh, intrinsic benefit in sort of uplifting and holding the, the community together. And so talking about um, a little bit how he's a member of this community, how how did he create such a solid relationship with the community and with the Navajo people? Because he was someone who came in from the outside and has been there now for, you know, 30 plus years. And how has he kind of gained their trust and become such a solid member of their community? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I think, um, you know, from what I've been able to to figure out, I think it's a host of factors. One is he's been there a while now. You know, he's been there since 1987, and he hasn't left. I mean, not a lot of people go and make that their home from outside of of the Dine community. Uh, he's also a Black American who, you know, given American history, has some similar uh, stories of, of oppression and, and being marginalized and so on. So uh, he, he can identify with that group and I think it works reciprocally as well. Uh, but also, so the, the sort of origin story that he tells about the, the street art. So he, in 2009, he does this, um, this big project where he's gonna enlarge these things and put them up. So one of his first places he, he wanted to put up a, a mural was of some some code talkers, uh, Navajo code talkers, and he did that on. Uh, if you've driven through the reservation, you see uh, that there are a number of street side stalls where people will often sell jewelry or trinkets and so on. And one of them was kind of dilapidated, but it was red, and so it had a very nice background. And so he he posted um, this image of these code talkers there. And over the ensuing weeks, tons of people had apparently stopped to take photographs of, to photographs of it, tourists passing through. And so what happened was the, 
the the shelter had been or the the roadside stand had been kind of beat up and he drove thomas dr drove by one day and saw that they were the workers who, who usually worked there were repairing it and they said we need to make this operational now and make this better because people are stopping all the time now and so i think they realized that this is cool this is actually helping the community in a material way and um and also it wasn't just people from outside it was also people um inside the community in the dna who liked it and so we, we talked about the big project which is these huge murals what about the painted desert project from what, what i understand it's connecting other artists with communities in the Navajo Nation through these murals. Can you talk to a little bit about that project and what its uh, purpose and impact is? Yeah, so so that started, uh, I think, in 2009. Um, no, sorry, he started wheat pacing in 2009 uh, and he started the Painted Desert thing in 2012. But he, uh, uh, Thomas is not just uh, interested in, you know, in, being a doctor and living on the reservation, he also is interested uh, in the broader street art community uh, around the world. So he was he's active on these uh, street art blogs. He's sort of part of that scene, even though he's not in a place that you would think of as kind of the epicenter of, the, of that scene. And so he started this project called The Painted Desert that brought artists from really from all over the world. I mean, we're talking, street artists from Belgium, Puerto Rico, Canada, Iran, Colombia, Brazil, all over, plus all over the uh, United States, um, to come to the Navajo Nation and do installations uh, of a similar sort as the, the kind he did, except of course all these artists have different aesthetics and different um, ways of doing what they do, but the fundamental idea was come engage with this community, recognize their value, find the beauty there, and share it with other community members and then also the people who drive through the uh, the Navajo Nation. So where, so you mentioned that you were that just there and you were able to view some of the art over fall break. So if someone's driving through kind of where, can you kind of describe, I know it's like a, a huge area, but can you kind of describe where people might be able to see some of his artwork? There, yeah, so so there's not a lot of roads so, so the main the main road I can't remember the name of the highway that goes through there, uh, but it uh, it takes you right by some. You can't miss some. I mean, there's not a whole lot of buildings. So when you see a building, just be on the lookout. You there's a good chance you'll see something. And because uh, Jet Sonorama's uh, work is, and I use his artist name because I'm referring to his work, I guess uh, it, it has a distinct look. It's usually black and white large images, often portraits, uh, they they will be pretty apparent. Uh, but there's also, I think, because of the Painted Desert Project, a number of other uh, installations that are pretty cool. So those might be more, um, not graffiti, but aerosol-based and uh, colorful. And just, you can just tell they have a different vibe and different, different formal set of techniques. And before we end, is there anything else you would like to add? Is there anything that we should know about Chip Thomas before we close? Well, I think um, a, a couple of things. One is is that uh, for me, anyway, I don't I don't know if I can make any broader generalizations. He he's taught me that 
art is always more valuable when it has a local impact. Uh, and also that it's, it's sort of a fallacy to separate art as uh, beauty from art as social uh, meaning, right? Or as social, social meaning making. Uh, it helped in some ways establish the community as such. It helped rec achieve recognition of, of the DNA people to some degree for people outside of, of those lands. Uh, and so I think that's a, that's a really lovely and powerful thing. Um, I think another thing I would just say I kind of in closing is um, if you go to his website you, and you're traveling through the, the Navajo Nation, uh, he, he's got a map, a Google map oh, great. of all the different sites where he's put something up. And I don't know how frequently updated it is because these sites change. And of course, some of them get pasted over again or some of them, uh, you know, fall apart or something. But that's an interesting way to do it, particularly because it gets you off the main beaten pass. You're often on dirt roads doing it. I've followed these things around, and uh, and it's it's kind of a wild goose chase, and uh, feels really different than when you're walking through, I don't know, downtown uh, New York or something, and looking for street art there than than when you're looking on the on the Navajo Nation. So I will say, for anyone interested in viewing some of this artwork, you can visit Jet Sonorama. Dot net and that is J-E-T-S-O-N-O-R-A-M-A dot net. Or of course, you can just Google Chip Thomas and it'll pop right up. That was Chris Ingram, Associate Professor of Communication. For more information about the University of Utah College of Humanities, please visit humanities.utah.edu and don't forget to subscribe to Humanities Radio.